And she made a statement. I think it was she was talking to Justin on the phone. She said, preachers are going to stand before God and give an account if they are not addressing the issues of the day. That's a heavy statement. And I went, I'm paying attention. Do we need to address issues? Well, four of you have got that. Oh, thank you. Six, now I got eight. So I want to address some issues in the earth. And the sermon's called Salt and Light. Go to Matthew 5. And um, the more excited you are about the word, the shorter I preach. <laughs> I knew that would do it. We're going to have a prayer meeting here tonight. We will meet at um, 6 o'clock. Dr. Varala will be at um, Victory Church tonight. We will pray in here for 45 minutes, and we will not sit around and talk. We will head straight over if you want to go. But if you were coming to prayer anyway, come on, and all we're going to miss is their announcements, Amen. which you probably don't need anyway. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. How do we live? Chapter 5, verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. If salt loses its flavor, how will it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men they see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So my question is, what should we as Christians be doing now? How should we be living? Now, September 2018 was what I personally believe the beginning of sorrows that Jesus referred to in the last days. I don't believe it's a conspiracy theory. I think if you call this a conspiracy theory, you're not paying attention. How do you look at a worldwide pandemic that didn't really happen and a complete shutdown of the world and the economic system as not being something Satan's doing? You've got to pay attention. Pretending like it's not there will not make it go away. Satan is trying harder to not go to hell than most people. He's going, and he is working overtime to not go. Should you and I be working a little more diligently with ourselves? I think we should. Now, Jesus made a statement here. He said, we are salt and light. My father one year for Christmas, and this was a great Christmas present. He was down in South Georgia, and after he retired from the military for 20 years, and he went to work at Lockheed as an engineer for 20 years. Then he got a job with the Georgia uh, Department and started um, working in the state of Georgia um, doing um, engineering for roads, highways. He's one of those guys that helped put those little things on the side of the road where you go, duh, 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 let you know you're running off the road. So he had a part to play in that, but, but he really loved the Atlanta Braves. So he'd take his little TV, put it in his car, and go and put radar out and watch the Braves all day. But after you've retired from two careers, I think it's okay for you to slow down a little tiny bit. But anyway, he stopped in South Georgia, and he bought out a whole smokehouse. 
and brought it home to all of his kids for Christmas. I'm going to tell you, I, I really enjoyed that Christmas because I took this huge ham and hung it on my back porch. And I mean, when I wanted a big slice of ham, I went out there with a butcher knife, whacked it off, and, but, you, but you didn't throw it in a skillet. Because you'd drink about five gallons of water if you did. It was impregnated with salt. That's how they were preserving it. You better get the salt out. Now, the only reason that that pig lasted was salt. The only way America's going to make it is salt. If we're not salty, who will be? If we're not light, who will be? It's time for you and I to make a difference and decide where we stand on issues. All right, I'm going to read something to you. Um, I believe that we are the generation that will see the return of Jesus. I, I believe that we live in the most wonderful time in history. I don't bemoan the day we live in right now. I, I believe it's exciting to be here Pre, right before the rapture of the church. Don't, don't, aren't, aren't you looking forward to, to be walking along and whoo, gone? Kind of like Star Wars, beam me up, Scotty, maybe Jesus. Don't, I think that will be what a rush. I mean, we can't look and go, let's do it again. I don't want to do it again. I just want to do it once. Once I'm gone, I'm gone. Amen. But I, but I think this is an incredible time to be alive. I don't, I don't whine about it. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Does the Bible tell us what will happen and does it tell us what to do? The answer to that is yes. It tells us how to live. And he tells us a lot about the day we're living in. He has written whole chapters on this time right now. So we're going to go over them so that you're not ignorant of what's happening. The Bible tells us what to do. So uh, before I get into that, I'm going to give you two world, two views. Right now in America and the world, there are two views. There is a biblical worldview and there is a non-biblical worldview. There, that's not deep. You don't have to remember a lot. You just need to remember two things. You're either, you either have a biblical worldview or you have a non-biblical worldview. As you sit here, you are in one camp or the other. And I'm going to tell you, there is nobody in the middle. You're in one or you're in the other. And I'm going to explain to you what they are and so you'll know where you stand. That is the war we're in. They'll tell you it's Democrat, Republican, left and right. It, that, that's wrong. It's right versus wrong. And what makes wrong, wrong? What makes wrong, wrong? Why is what someone believes, do they have their truth and we have our truth? No. There's only one truth. Jesus is truth. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have truth at all. So let's talk about a biblical worldview. A biblical, and I stole this from Rick Renner. In case you like it, I'll give him the credit. If you don't like it, I'll still give him the credit. A biblical worldview is based on the infallible word of God. When a person adheres to the view that the Bible is entirely true. Not pieces of it. The whole tamale is right. All right. 
This, thus he allows it to be the foundation of everything he says and does. From this, I will never deviate. That is a biblical worldview. That means that I don't have an opinion. I have a Bible. I'm not wondering about whether a man is a man and a woman is a woman. I settled that a long time ago because it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. I don't have to worry about right. I just read it and go, that's it. I don't say I'm a girl this morning because I felt like one. Now, you might think that's funny, but ABC, NBC, and CBS does not know this. And there's a lot of other people that don't know this. All right, now listen, listen to this. A, a biblical worldview is a boat tied to a dock that's attached to terra firma. That's dirt. Earth. If you tie your boat to a dock, when you go out tomorrow, the real good chance it'll be there. But if you drive in and just let it float, when you come out, it might not be there. Now, the, the problem with a non-biblical worldview is that a boat attached to another boat doesn't necessarily make it secure. And a one boat attached to 100 other boats that is not attached to terra firma, is still messed up. Just because you and your friends all agree on the same dumb thing does not make it right. How am I doing? Now, see, a lot of times people say, well, that everyone is doing it. Okay, it's still wrong. <laughs> And if a storm comes up, you'll never see all 100 boats. A non-biblical worldview is fashioned by fields of science. Follow the science. I'll follow it if it's based on the word. God, the Bible backs up science, not the other way around. Medicine, education, as well as social norms these factors are constantly in a state of flux created by various drifts of social current and the newest theory. There is no solid foundation to a non-biblical worldview. It's how do I feel? I got to tell you all a story and I know you'll think I'm crazy, but, but sometimes I like messing with sinners. So just please forgive me. One day I walked into a fill-in station and the men's bathroom was locked and the woman's was not. There's only one stool. So it's not like I'm walking in on somebody, right? So I went and used the women's. I locked the door and I came out and a woman was out there wanting to know why I was in there. And I said, oh, I just had a feeling. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I did. I had a feeling I needed to go right now. <laughs> but isn't it funny that they believe that until someone challenges it? 
Now I'm going to get ahead of myself. Thomas Jefferson said, In style, drift with the current. In principle, stand like a rock. Now, now, let me talk to you about style for a minute so you'll understand. There was a day that you went to church, there was an organ in it. Well, we don't have an organ in it. We do. We have a big piano over there. We use it sometimes. Um, but, but, you know, church music, the, the, the Jesus movement changed church music. They used to sing song, just as I am without one plea. So all of that changed with Sister Do Something singing a solo every Sunday morning. Now, now church changed, styles changed. Do y'all remember the old, what was the thing when we used to put the songs on it and we'd flip them over and they shined up on a screen? Aren't you glad we, we got past that? I, I like the LED. I, I like the new style. I like chairs that are not pews. I like, but we cha change styles, but I'm not changing the book I'm using. I'm not changing the truth that worked a hundred years ago is the same truth that works today. And I want to tell all of you young people, I am not old-fashioned and out of date because God is eternally now and cool. I'm not old hat. See, in principle, I'm not changing principle. All right, now, <laughs> the world considers Christians contrary, intolerant, narrow-minded. That's true. Very narrow. Jesus says, I'm the way. That's narrow. That's real narrow. Inflexible, correct, and obstinate, no. Truth is relevant Old, not old-fashioned. Truth never changes. It is as cool now as it was 10 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago. Someone says, how do you work on getting a sermon? I just open up the book. Not all that difficult. I don't even have to change anything. Someone said one time that I needed to reach the younger generation, I said, let Justin do it. You're not going to catch me in skinny jeans in order to reach you. Kenneth E. Hagen was an old Texan that wore a polyester suit, and I was a hippie, and I loved him. I didn't give a rip what he wore. I just liked what he was saying. Amen. You do not have to change to reach a generation and start drinking and smoking in order to get them. See, if the Bible doesn't work on me, why would you want it? If it didn't change me from a sinner to a saint, why would you want a Bible that doesn't work for the pastor? I'm not trying to be cool. I am cool. I'm starting a new style. Non-holy jeans. It's a new style. Maybe it's an old one that needs to come back. I don't know. I mean, it's just, 
And I know I just made you mad. We'll talk about offense in about 21 minutes. Okay. We are on the right side, forever victorious. The church is a restraining force in society. Uh, go to 1 Timothy 4.1, and while you're going there, let me preach a minute. At what point in your life are you going to put the Bible, number one, when you die? So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you going to love the Bible when you're in heaven? Why don't you love it now? Why are you waiting to die to get right? All right, let's, let's talk about another one. When are you going to put Jesus number one after you die? Why don't you start? What's holding you back? See, there isn't anything holding you back. You are where you are by the choices you're making, not God. That's good preaching. You see, a lot of times people think that death fixes sickness. Jesus fixed sickness. Don't wait till you die to get healed. Get healed now. Sick death doesn't fix poverty. Get prosperous now. Don't wait till you die to not have any bills. You can not have any bills right now. You can go ahead and get in the kingdom right now. Why don't you just dive on over there with the rest of us? Why don't you put the kingdom first now? Why are you waiting until you die? That will God be more God when you get to heaven? Or can he take care of you right now? You don't have to work seven and a half days a week to make it. You're not going to work seven and a half days a week when you get to heaven. Why don't you start living right, right now? Why don't you just act like the Bible's true right now? Amen. First Timothy 4.1. Does the Bible have anything to say about the last days? It actually does. It has a lot to say about the day we're living in. I'm doing pretty good. You keep amen and then I'll, I'll get you out of here before Mary Fran starts preaching. All right. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, that's not in the latter times like it says in the book of Acts where he said in, we're in the last days. That was the last 2,000 years he called the last days. This is the last minutes of the last seconds of the last days which we're there. I firmly believe, now a lot of people can disagree with me. This is not something I'm adamant about. It's just something I believe. Come 2028, September, you need to be walking around with your head looking straight up in the sky. Because that's, the, that's, the two, that's 2,000 years from the day Jesus rose from the dead on the money. Okay. Now you say, well, Easter's, well, I know, but he's coming back in the fall. So, so I don't know whether he's coming back nine months before that or not, I mean six months before that. Or it, I don't know. That's why it says we don't know the day or the hour. It doesn't, know, it doesn't mean we don't know the time. It's, honey, it's close. All right. So it says that, it says in the last times we'll return. Okay, let me just start over. The Spirit especially says that in the last times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. The literal Greek is seducing spirits and spirits of delusion. If, if, you, if you tell your little boy that if he feels like a girl he is, you're deluded. So I have a problem with the world. I have a problem with them. Now here's why. How can you say 
you believe in what they say they believe in. What would happen if we went to their house and stole their television? They'd be screaming the Ten Commandments. See, they believe it's okay to rob the store, thus don't rob me. All right, now I'm going to choose another one right here. Let's just talk about it a minute. Why would you be anti-gun with an armed guard following you around? We're going to get into a word in a minute. I'm going to get ahead of myself right now. I'm going to prove to you the Bible says in the last days there's going to be morons. There's morons running around the planet right now. Now, now, if you think that they are all of that when it comes to sex, just pinch one of their wives on the booty. And you'll find out they don't believe in free sex at all. Everybody but my daughter. What was it? What was the guy that started the Playboy? Um, Hugh Hefner. Hugh Hefner said, leave my daughter alone. What kind of hypocrite are you? Leave my daughter alone? Come on, y'all. See, that's called a double standard or however I feel. Well, see, I don't go by the way I feel. Whether I feel like the Bible's right or I feel like it's wrong, it's right. And, and I, de- I decide to do it no matter how I feel about it. I don't feel like tithing, and I do. I don't feel like coming to church sometimes, and I'm the pastor, but I do. I don't feel like loving you, and I do. If I went by feelings, I'd be crazy. But I've chosen not to go by the way I feel. Amen. That's called stability. All right. Now, let's grab another scripture here. Let, let me see this. There will, be, there will be people giving heed to deceiving spirits. What's turned loose in the world right now are deceiving spirits. You've got to decide right now whether you're going to be deceived or whether you're going to get on the word. Because if you're not on the word, you are deceived. Do you all understand that? This is not a time for you to be, well, I don't want to tell you what I think about it. It doesn't matter what you think about it. Some lady told me one time, says, you have your truth and I have my truth. I said, honey, I don't have a truth. I don't have a truth. I have the truth. He said it. I don't have my own. And you don't have a truth. You have a lie. It's not right because you and your friends agree it's right. All right, let's move on. Matthew 24, 12, you don't have to turn there. It says, in the last days, iniquity would abound. The word iniquity means without law, lawless, and no moral standards. This is, and then it says this. It says it will abound, and the word abound means to overflow its banks like a river. Lawlessness will overflow its banks like a river. Say, uh, that sounds a lot like what we're watching. 
right is wrong and wrong is right. And if you're a Bible believer, you, you're, a, you're a bigot and a homophobe and all kind of other wild stuff. But, right, but listen, I'm not wrong just because you say I'm wrong. Y'all out there? You and I are going to have to start making up our minds where we stand. And stand we must. Okay. Romans chapter 1. Let's go over there. This is where it gets good. This is where I've been wanting to go all morning. Romans 1, 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Do they know it? Yes, they do. What are they doing with it? They're suppressing it. Imagine the last election calling Trump a crook. I watched a video one time. It was the funniest thing I ever saw. There was a guy wanting to rob a liquor store, and he threw a, a, a concrete block at the window, and it was plexiglass. And it bounced back and hit him in the head and knocked him out, and the cops found him the next morning in front of the liquor store and knocked out slap cold. <laughs> but I also heard about a man one time that was robbing a store, and, and the guy shot at him, and he tried to sue him. I'm talking, we're living in wonderful times right now. People are crazy. They say that when you get your carry permit, don't worry about the cops and the government. Just worry about the one that's trying to sue you for shooting their relative that was robbing you. People are crazy. Let's go on. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, God showed it to them. Do they know right from wrong? You better believe they know right from wrong. They know you're right. You're trying to convince them you're right. They know you're right. They don't care. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. They're not going to stand before God and say, I didn't know. They know. You know how he knows they know? When's the last time you accused someone of stealing? You damned your soul to hell. Because you've admitted stealing's wrong, and yet you do it. When's the last time you accuse someone of lying, and yet you lie? When's the last time you accuse someone of adultery, but yet you've never curbed your own imagination? God don't need any fuel for you. Thank you. But you have the blood. Don't look at me real solemn. You got blood. Get on your face before God and say, I plead the blood. And God will declare you righteous and you can go in the kingdom and shout in the glory because of Jesus and just, just, just leave the rest of it all alone. But don't become a hypocrite. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's go here now. You ready? Are you merciful or are you judgmental? Because if you're judgmental, you're forcing God to sit in judgment on you. 
Do you know why people get up? Some people get up and leave church for a right reason. Most of them is because they're offended. If you're offended, you're out of love. And if you're out of love, you're in sin. And you have incurred judgment on you. If you love the people that left the church, go find them and tell them they're wrong. Don't side with their sin. The people in America right now that are offended, it's sin. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Look at them and say, are you expecting mercy when you die? And they'll say yes. Say give it now. Show mercy. Not whether they, what they, what they did was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. But be merciful anyway. Do you want mercy? Be merciful. That's called love. That would be kind of like Christian or something. Every time you and your spouse have a fight, don't run out of the house and go back to your mommy. Fix it. That's what your spouse is there for, to knock off all the rough edges on you. Why do you think I'm so polished? You know how many times I've quit coming to this church? A lot. <laughs> Woo! I told God one time, I said, you made a mistake telling me to marry Lisa. She is so imperfect. He said, well, you just stay there and help her. Thirty-some years later, she's helped me a lot. <laughs> you don't know how dumb you are until you get married. You don't know how selfish you are. And if that, if that doesn't cure, you have children. That'll get rid of the rest of the selfishness in you. <laughs> okay, having said that, let's move on. I've already meddled enough. Y'all are going, oh, ready for the altar call. This is all true, though, isn't it? This is all true. It don't take a lot of intelligence to find fault. You want to find fault, you can just, it don't take much. You can just be real spiritual, real deep. I found fault. I found some fault in them. I found some fault in them. Why don't you turn that, why don't you turn that machine on you? Just, just turn that mouth. <laughs> Scare yourself to death. <laughs> All right, where was I? I want to get to this scripture. Let's go to 21. Because although they knew God, or they knew about him, they didn't, the word know there is not, they were born again. They knew God, they didn't glorify him as God, neither were they thankful. That's what I was talking about a while ago. You, you live in the greatest nation on the earth and the greatest time in the history with the most money, the most wealth, and the most convenient, and you're upset? You're a mess. <laughs> if you're on welfare, you're richer than everybody else on the planet. They're waking up with mosquitoes and flies blowing in their noses in the morning and they have no screens on their window and they're make, get waking up and making a fire in a fire pit to cook and you're waking up in air conditioning in a bed with, with a stove and you're, and you're mad. You're a mess. You ought to get up in the morning and shout and count it all joy all over your house. 
Neither were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Now, this is where I've been wanting to go all morning. The Greek word there is M-O-R-A-N-I-O. It means mentally deranged, an intellectual moron. (laughs) How many of you think there's morons in America today? Oh, yeah. I was getting my, I went to get my truck washed the other day at the, whatever that place is that you take it through. And when I got up there, there were three people working. I'd never seen that before. Apparently, it's been a couple weeks since I've had my truck washed, apparently. And I went in and the girl came up and I'm looking on the screen and it said exterior only and there's no interior. And she says, we're not doing interior only because some of the staff has left and gone to other places. And the Holy Ghost came on me and I looked at her and I said, that is a lie. I said, your boss mandated the vaccine, didn't he? She said, yes. I said, they told you no and left, right? And she said, right. Three people working a car wash. I pray it goes under. Vaccine to wash a car. You've lost your mind. All right. So I looked at the girl and I said, did you take the vaccine? She said, I did. I said, you know it's going to kill you. She said, yes, but I'm not going to plan on living forever anyway. I said, well, just don't go to hell. And she said, I am. I went, you are a moron. Even the devil's trying not to get there. Folks, that's not funny. Have you ever sat back and thought about hell? You ought to. I don't mean that you're going, but you need, you have no appreciation for Jesus if you've never given a little bit of thought to what, what it's like. Think about this. Think about living in a sewer full of fecal forever up to your neck without the water. That's what it smells like in hell forever. Think about temperature that's over your body so hot that it's like, now let me me just back up. We got any Russians in here today? Anybody from Russia? I don't know if Jordan is even around, but he may be watching. One time when I went to Russia, they wanted me to go to Banya. Y'all ever been to one? You you will only do it once. It's a Russian um, sweat box, sauna. But that you go in and, and you have a t- underwear and towel on so you're not running around naked. But they told me they wanted me to be Rushki, like a Russian. And I said, okay. And they lay you down on wooden, and they take this hyssop stuff, this branches, and they begin waving, and all of the heat in the sauna, which is already hundreds of degrees, they start waving. I'm telling you, that's the closest I ever want to get to going to hell. If it wasn't for the fact that they would accuse me of not being as good as a Russian, I'd have hollered, stop. I mean, the heat came over my body, and I thought I had been laying in Daytona Beach in the sun for 12 hours. I mean, I've never been so hot. 
when I got up and they finally let me up, I'm laying there thinking, this can't last forever. This can't. And I'm laying there going, I'm glad I'm not going to hell. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. It was only like three minutes. I got up and walked out in the snow in my underwear. And everything around me melted. And they took cold water and poured it over me. And it felt good. And they all patted my back and said, you're Ruski, you're Ruski. I said, good God, I'll never do it again. And I walked out of there and I went, I will live for you. That, folks, you, I think everybody ought to do a banya. It'll make a Christian out of you. What about hearing people scream for eternity? No water for eternity. Do you appreciate Jesus yet? He went there in your place. And he wasn't there three minutes. He was there three days. And that was your spot. Want to make you want to come to church and holler and shout and praise the name of Jesus. But imagine somebody looking and going, I'm going to hell and proud of it. You're a moron. What, what do they think? The ones starting the new world order, they're all so old. Do they, any of them think they're going to be here? I'm thinking, good God, most of you are almost dead. I mean, if they don't get voted out, they're going to die soon. Oh, never mind. How dumb can you get and suck air? Man, I'd be on my face going, oh, help me, Jesus. In case you think I'm being brutal, Smith Wigglesworth, someone brought a newspaper into his house. And he said, you throw that back out. And he said, Hitler will be in hell soon. There's nothing wrong with you admitting that Hitler will be in hell soon. And so will that other numb nut, what's his name? That's George Soros. He'll be in hell soon. And he'll be in hell. And so will a whole lot of other people in Washington. They'll be in hell soon. Don't go. You don't want to go. I don't believe you're preaching on hell. Did you ever think that some people might need it? I hope I scare the hell out of some of y'all. I don't want to go. You say, do you believe that you have to live right to go to heaven? Well, I'm not taking chances. I live, I live like the Pentecostals are right and pray like hell the Baptists are. <laughs> if you didn't get that, you, you're just lost. A reprobate, okay, never mind. Verse 28, let's go to 28, verse down to 28. Don't go quiet on me, I'm going to preach another hour. He, he, he's talking above this about homosexuality. Folks, God loves people, but he hates sin. And you need to know the difference. You say the Christians hate, we don't hate you. We, don't, we love you enough to tell you that if you continue in this path, you are not making heaven. Do you understand that? It's not Jesus plus live like hell. You're not going to heaven. 
If you didn't repent of sin and turn from sin, you're not going to heaven. Do you understand that? He didn't deliver you from sin for you to play with the devil. Okay. So let's, let's read this. Likewise, the men left the natural use of the woman and burned in lust for one another, men with men committing what was shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of the error of their ways, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. And he gave them over to a debased mind to do things that are not fitting. The word debased mind means a reprobate mind, a mind that is damaged by continuous exposure to evil influences. A debased mind is a mind that's influenced by evil. Now, let's stop for a minute and let me slow down a little bit. You may not be able to control what's going on around you, but you can control what you are thinking about. You do not have to be on Facebook all day. You do not have to watch ABC and NBC and CBS. Get get your news from somewhere and turn it off. Get the rest of your news right out of the Word of God. You have a choice right now to have a mind renewed with the Word of God or a mind that's conformed to the world. And that's a choice you made. Nobody's making that for you. The world has a style. I don't have their style. I'm not ever going to have their style. I don't want their style. Now, I might be uncool, but I'll be uncool all the way to heaven. Now, I don't have bad days. I don't have bad days. Now, let me slow up a minute here and let me talk to you just for a second. Let's just, you think I've been rough. No, we just get just a tip. You come to church and you hear truth. Jonathan Shuttlesworth is not going to come into a church and lay hands on you and fix your disobedience. I think it's time to hear this. God's number one job in you is to grow you up. He will send men to pray. He will send the anointing, but it does not replace obedience. That's the reason why you see people get prayed for and a month later they die. They never made up their mind to do what he said. You have a, the world's not controlling your mind. You're controlling your mind. There's no one's controlling your mind but you. Bible says you have the mind of Christ. Put on the mind of Christ. Put it on. That means you get up and you put, you put on good thoughts. You put on thankfulness. You put on joy. You put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You put on the life of God. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you think on good things. I didn't say run around pretending like there's not a problem. I'm just talking about you control what you think about. Now, Satan is doing everything in his power to suck you into the world. I'm not going down there with him. I'm not hooking my boat with everybody else. I'm leaving mine attached to something solid. Am I doing all right? All right, this is the number one need of the church right now. This is what God is attempting to do. Now let's talk about a move of God right now. Everybody wants a move of God. What does it look like? Falling out in the power? You can fall out in the power and still not do anything with your mind that didn't do you any good. Am I right? 
You can go to a meeting and shout and jump and listen to the best preacher, the most anointed. But if you don't come home and do something with your own mind, that did you no good. Come on, I'm preaching good. You see, God wants you and I to grow up. It's not okay to be a baby for 25 or 30 years. Now, if you've been in this church 12 months, we'll, we'll tolerate a little, you know, gas and a little diapers and we'll, some milk spilled up. But 10 years later, we're, we're not going to, we're not going to baby you. Well, you know, they didn't say hi to me. Not going to. If nobody ever says hi to you. Hello. Nobody ever gives you a hug. And give me a hug. Nobody give me a hug. I'm doing good. I'm trying to tell you what God's doing in the earth. To a reprobate mind, listen, by continuous exposure to an evil influence. I mean, the world is not getting any better, and now they're calling right, wrong, and wrong, right. Where do you stand on issues? Are you afraid to be called narrow? I'm very narrow. Old hat. Guilty. Old school. Guilty. Listen, I know God put testosterone in me. He put it in me for a reason. But he then wanted me to control myself. That means he said you can have one woman and that testosterone can flow all you desire. Just stay home. Not look spiritual. I can't help myself. Yeah, you can if you'd quit watching X-rated movies. And R-rated movies. And God knows what else. You know, if you don't think about it all day, you won't get messed up. What are your kids hearing today in school? What are they hearing in college? What are your kids looking at on their phones and what are they watching on TV and at the movies? You might want to know. Why don't, why don't you know? The school is not raising your children. They're yours. I'll tell you what, I'm very proud of the teachers who have decided to cause a great rebellion and become terrorists. I watched the election the other day in Virginia and how a, how a blue state went red because they gave everybody, leave my kids alone. Amen. And a woman. I wanted to be politically correct right there. I didn't want y'all to think that I wasn't. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's time. Folks, if there ever was a time for us to stand, it's right now. The Bible says, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks, so he is. Who's controlling your thoughts? You're the only one controlling. You can have a good day if you want one. Paul got beaten, thrown in jail and had a good day. What's, what's your problem? 
<laughs> without an air conditioner and a bathroom, and he still had a good day. All right. Okay. Page three. I'm not in a hurry. First John 1 9. First John. What do we do about it? Then how then do we live? Let's talk about this. First John 1 9. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. If, you, if, if what I've said today has bothered you, you have 1 John 1, 9. You can go to God and go, I'm wrong, you're right, and I confess it, and I'm moving back to the right side. The right has always been right. Oh, that was deep. Okay, the next one is Romans 12. Go to Romans 12, and we're going to close with this. I think. Maybe not. I don't know. I might feel. <laughs> you lost that loving feeling. Wouldn't have lost it if you hadn't had your mind, if you had your mind straightened out. Let's, let's go down a road here for a minute. Where does that love and feeling go? It goes when you stop having love and thoughts. Let me tell you something about my wife. She has a few faults. I'm not going to tell you what they are. And she has a lot of good. Now, I have noticed over time that when I focus on the few bad, I wonder why I married her. What in the world was I thinking? You have married an imperfect human being. You should know better than that, as awesome as you are. <laughs> Y'all are laughing, but, but you've done this, and you know you've done this. See, anytime you start pointing the finger, there's, there's three more pointing right back at the problem. Anyway, but I have also noticed that when I start thinking about the good, I start thinking about the pumpkin pie she made the other night. That woman make a pumpkin pie, make you slap your mama. And I start thinking about all of the good. I just want to grab her and hug her and kiss her. She did nothing. I'm the one that changed. I found out that it's what I'm thinking about. You say, well, I... You, how, how far is God? I told a story the other day. I'm going to tell it again. A little boy was driving down the road with his father and saw a jumbo jet in the air. And he said, Dad, that, that airplane's very small. And the dad looked at it and thought, it, it, yeah, it's very small. And he drove by the airport and drove his son right up underneath one. And he said, Dad, that thing's big. And he said, what changed? That's how close you are. If God seems small, you are a long ways away. It ain't that God's small. It's just that you moved. Okay, Romans 12. Let's get there. Let's go there. Oh, glory to God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable worship. Don't let your body do what it wants to do. I don't care how you felt. If you feel like a girl and you do not have girl stuff, you're not. Get a mirror. Check it out. And when you take your kids and you have a baby, tell them to put M or F on the, on the birth certificate based on their hardware. Pretty good indication right there. Just go, yeah, well, wait a minute. We don't care how they feel or ever feel because God said it's a girl. And she'll have Barbie dolls and she will not have G.I. Joe's and I don't care what she thinks, that's what I'm giving her, Barbie dolls. And Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy's and all kind of playhouses and she's going to be a girl. And if she feels like a boy, we'll let her beat up her brother for a little bit. But when she gets older, she'll be, thank God, she's got a brother. And if you have a little boy and he has the hardware for a little boy, buy him trucks and guns. And the guns are not to murder people. They're for self-defense. And for hunting. And an AR is not for hunting. I didn't say that, Justin did, but it's true anyway. <laughs> Woo, Jesus is Lord. See, there's no reason to be confused if you have a Bible. You just go, well, wait a minute, let me ask you, let me find out what is it. Nah, Jesus had a sword, angels have swords. Okay, Glocks are okay. Debate fixed. All right, let's go to, let's go to verse 2, 12 two. And don't be conformed or pressed into the world. Don't allow the world to press you into its mold. How do you do that? By not taking their thoughts. How, what thoughts? Don't empty your head. Good God, don't be empty-headed. That's nirvana. Do you know that people are looking for nirvana, can never make it to nirvana? Because to desire, delight, desirelessness is a desire. <laughs> That's called moron. All right. Don't be pressed into the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove the good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. To transform your mind will require you, listen, to absolutely submit your mind to the Word of God. All right, now let me slow down right here, and I'm going to give you some. Let's say that you came in this morning, and you are a reprobate from hell. Can you change? Yes, you can. But you're not going to change until you get born again and you give your mind to God. No matter how bad you are messed up, you can pick up a Bible and you can renew your mind with the Word of God and you'll have the mind of Christ. And as a man thinks, so he is. You don't like your life, change your thinking. Don't like the world? 
Change your thinking. Don't like the job you have? Change your thinking. Do y'all understand what I just said? This is, this is absolutely easy in one sense, but it's not in the other because your brain's always wanting to go negative. Well, you know what they did to me? You know what they done to me? I ain't going to put up with them doing that to me. I'm not going to put up with that no more. Well, what do you do about that? Do you want ju- justice or mercy? What do you want? Give mercy. Well, I ain't going to put up with that no more. Well, you just sealed your soul. You're creating your own hell. That's what Hitler did. I don't like him. Everybody that don't agree with me, kill him. You're a Christian. You don't have that philosophy. You say, well, they're ugly. Be merciful anyway. That's what Jesus did. He was merciful to you, wasn't he? He loved you, didn't he? He raised you up when you weren't worth a dime, right? Well, then start loving the people around you. I didn't say agree with them. I said love them. Run around thinking, they like them. I don't like them. Well, then bake them a cake. Kenneth Copeland said, if you don't like me, you don't know me. You can find something good. Folks, I'm tired of Christians leaving churches and calling it the pastor's fault. It's yours. I mean, I could be meaner than you ought to stay. Just because you're so awesome. Are y'all out there and you go home? This is why America is in the mess it's in. Everybody's feely touchy, just like the world. If anybody ought to be setting a standard, it should be us. He said, and I'm going to go back to what I started, you and I are salt and light. Somebody ought to look at you and go, that's a Christian. I was in with Joselito the other day said that in the army, they're allowed to put down that they want religious exemption. And I asked him, I said, when did they find out you're a Christian? When you told them or do they already know it? He said, they already know it. See, that will work. But if they don't know it until you sign the religious exemption, come on, y'all. Everywhere I've ever worked, they called me a holy roller. They called me Jimmy Swaggart one place. I'm okay, I'm proud of it. I'm not hiding anything. Amen. How do we live? How, how are we supposed to be living right now? Salt and light. What are you anchored to? Are you anchored on the word? Are you going by the way you feel? Your feelings are fickle. Y'all ready to pray? I don't think I'm done, but I just, is this Okay. Uh, let's go back to what Mary Friend said. She, she said, pastors will stand before God if they don't start teaching their congregations about what's happening in the world. What does the Bible say about this? Well, it, it has a lot to say about it. It says the love of many will grow cold, not mine. Not mine. My love is not based on you. 
You can get as ugly as you want to. I'll just keep loving you. Why? Because he loved me when I was ugly. <laughs> and he loves me now. And I'm still a little bit ugly. I went in the other day and a girl, they said, there's a girl right here. She can, she'll make you look beautiful. And I said, what about me? She said, I don't do men. She's a beautician. I said, I'm looking for someone that can make me beautiful. And she said, not me. I said, oh, that's terrible. If I could just find one beautician that make me handsome, I'd pay her big money. <laughs> Never mind, y'all didn't get that at all. <laughs> y'all ready? Say, Heavenly Father, I am salt. I am light. My boat is anchored to something solid. The Word of God never moves. Never moves. And I will never move. In Jesus' name. Now let me share with you something about your kids. Your kids right now might not be living for God. You know the greatest thing you'll ever do for them? You live for God. You anchor to the Word. You anchor. If they're hooked to you, they're safe. But don't you get all fruity on them. Your family starts trying to pull you away from God, you get real strong. You go, no, for your sake, I'm staying on the Word. I went through it with my two daughters. Their mom took them, took them back out in the world. And I got more fire for God than ever been in my life. For them. They needed something. They needed a lighthouse to come home to. They needed somebody in the family. You men, be a man. Be a man. Be a man of God. Lead your family. Be the head of your home. Let your kids watch you pray. Let them watch you live for God in front of them. Moms, you be a woman of God for your kids. Children learn by what they see more than what you say. What you say means something, but what they see is what they will be. You want your kids to change? You get on fire and let them figure it out. If they're not listening to you, just burn like crazy right in front of them. And don't let them shut you up. They'll call you a crazy old woman, but that's all right. They'll remember you as the crazy old woman that got them to heaven. Father God, thank you for this morning. I think I'm finished and I think I'm done. I think, I've, I think we've covered what you wanted me to say and do. I pray over everybody in the sound of my voice and watching on the internet. I pray right now over this church. I pray that as the days are coming on this earth, and, I, and I've told them this for years and years, I've told them this was coming. Father, that we will stay strong. The Word never moves, and we are hooked to something that does not move. Your kingdom, financial system, does not change with the world. Your health system does not change with the world. Your, your system of marriage does not change with the world. Children can be raised good now because you don't change. And they don't change. And there's nothing to be fixed with the Word. I pray that we would learn to anchor with it. 
If we don't have a, a Christian worldview, I pray that everybody in this church would adopt one and not anchor their boat to someone else just because they're doing it. I thank you for every person in this church that is born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray they would take to heart what I said, that what you're looking for is for us to grow, us to grow, to mature. That's a move of God. And I give you glory for it in Jesus' name, amen. There's, there's a scripture in 1 Corinthians that says if you have all knowledge and you don't have love, you're nothing. If you have gifts of the Spirit and don't have love, you're nothing. Don't chase a move of God. Chase God. Does that make sense? That makes sense? The move will take care of itself. Don't try to push something. Don't try to give birth to something you're not pregnant with. Let God do it in His way. You and I get, a, get addicted to the Word, and that's a move of God. Amen? Okay, you can have this. I'll turn you over to the most beautiful woman in the world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Did I embarrass you? No. That's all right. I've been married too long to be embarrassed. <laughs> Amen. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to life. Yes, it's a narrow way because Jesus said, I'm the only way. So, amen. As my altar workers are coming forward, they want to pray with you. If you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, the Bible says today's the day of salvation. Amen. For God so loved the world. That means everybody, not just Christians. God loves the whole world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. If you're here today or if you're sitting by someone today that you're not sure whether they have asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life, don't let them walk out in that world today unprotected, unsaved, on their way to hell. If you're not sure, you bring them up. Don't make them walk alone. You bring your friend up. You bring your family member up. And say, come on, let's go pray. Let's make sure. Amen. And if you want prayer for any other reason, come on up. They'll get an agreement with you. The Bible says that if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them. Of my Father, which is in heaven. Pray according to the word, and you'll receive according to the word. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember... Our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.